on today's featured. Okay. Okay, favorites. I've been holding this one back because first I was going to use them on Easter, but I want to use a bunny. And then I was going to use them last week, but Rachel just had to come back and be on the show. So I finally get to use them. And I warned you, I warned you, Doctor Who is now a thing on our show because Disney's partnering with Doctor Who. So today's featured is Captain Jack Harkness. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. We try to hold back as much as possible, but... So, Jack Harkness is played by John Barrowman. He made his debut in Doctor Who in 2005, which is kind of like the reboot series. Even though it continues on the stories from the originals, they just made it as a very good um, jumping on point for anyone who wants to start now. Um, he His birth name is Javik Piotr Thane, and he was actually born in 2059. And then he's a time traveler, or sorry, not 2059, a 5094, <laughs> much different. And he came back to the 21st century in one of his explorations and met the doctor. And upon meeting the doctor, something happens that makes him immortal. I don't want to spoil it, but he's so popular, they spun him off into his own show, Torchwood. Ooh. Yeah, and Torchwood is really good. I think part of the reason why uh, Jack Harkness is so popular is because he was one of the first major bisexual characters in like a major sci-fi show. I think even on the BBC, he was one of the first big bisexual characters and they made him more of a hero. Like the doctor's kind of, um, I guess, not your conventional hero and Jack Harkness is made to be your straight up like hero. Uh, one thing that I really enjoyed when I was looking into him is his creator, uh, Russell T. Davies, did say that when he's creating characters, sometimes he his naming conventions uh, mirror other characters. So if he wants a certain character to be a certain way, he may name them after kind of another character. So Captain Jack Harkness gets his last name from a Marvel favorite, Agatha Harkness. Did you know that? I did not know that. Well, now you do. I mean, I kind of knew it because you told me. Yeah, I did. But I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason for that is Jack has to make some really tough decisions. Like there's some episodes of Torchwood where like he has to do what's perceived as not a great action. But it's the lesser of two evils, and he has to make these decisions a lot. So that's how he's kind of like Agatha, where he lives by his own code and agenda, and it may not be the one on the righteous path all the time, but it's the one that may be needed for that time. Okay. So he's a really cool hero. I really enjoy him. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one more season of Torchwood, and then I'll get his full story. Well, not really, because he shows up in Doctor Who again later, oh. as late as 2021. Oh, uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The Marvelous Galaxy. The uh, Disney, yeah. Welcome to this week's Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. My name is Sean. And I'm Alan. And I'm Rachel. And I'm not here. (laughs) No, Rachel is um, on her travels. And because of our schedule, actually, this time, we weren't able to accommodate her, unfortunately. But she'll be back. She'll be popping in as much as she can. Yeah. 
Cool. Shall we get into our, our week, our sure. weekly news? Sure. Why not? Cool. Then let's start with Galaxy. 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 <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh, we literally just finished watching Star Wars Visions season two. Literally. 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 And we kind of have this little game we're going to play real quick. We're going to go through the episodes and tell you just briefly, according to IMDb, what the episode's about. And then Alan and I are going to guess which one we think the other person enjoyed the least and the most. And then we're going to unveil our order of the episodes. Yeah. 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 I totally know yours. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, tell me first before I actually rate mine. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So the first episode is called Sith. And it's about a former Sith apprentice leading a peaceful but isolated life is confronted by the past when her old master tracks her down. Uh, Sith was actually... Uh, made by El Guiri Studios, which is uh, from Spain. Mm. So this one did have a very, like, Spanish influence to it. See, si. See. Si. <laughs> and this one, too, had some very interesting, uh, different style of animation going on. Lots of, like, moving colors and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the next one was Screecher's Reach. A young girl seeking reprieve from her days in a rural, I hate this word, rural, 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 rural. <laughs> workhouse discovers a legendary haunted cave with her friends. The cave's dark pull will change the trajectory of her life forever. This one was made by Cartoon Saloon, and they're actually from Ireland. Wow. Yeah. That goes with our... Um, our Words of the Witches episode last week where we had an Irishman read all the leprechaun <laughs> parts because that's how we do. And you can totally tell where they're from by the name of the company. Saloon. Saloon. <laughs> uh, the next one was In the Stars. So two sisters, the last of their kind, who live on their... on their oh, live in height. Sorry, I had to like refresh the screen. <laughs> who live in hiding on their ravaged land, squabble about how to survive with the Empire encroaching on a water run. The sisters must fight back when they are discovered. This one was Punk Robot Studios, and that was Chile. Oh. Yeah. All right, next up. Oh, I have to go back. Oh, no, I hit the wrong thing. Oh, no. Next, we have I Am Your Mother. Young pilot Annie, not that one, not Anakin, different Annie, girl Annie, who is embarrassed by her sweet but clingy mum, must team with her for a madcap family race at the academy. Along the way, their relationship is tested by the elements, their old ship, other racers, and each other. Hmm. Just based on that description, I think you could tell where that one was made. It was made by Ardman in the United Kingdom. Oh. That one was very Wallace and Gromit looking. It was. <laughs> All right. Next up, Journey to the Darkhead. A hopeful mechanic and disillusioned young Jedi team up for a risky and unlikely quest to turn the tide of the galactic war, but dark forces tail them. Ooh. Oh. This one was made uh, by Studio Murr. 
in South Korea. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I had no idea. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we had the spy dancer. The premier dancer at a famous imperial-frequented cabaret uses her unique skill set to spy for the rebellion, but the presence of a mysterious officer threatens to derail her mission. This one... Oh, Studio La Cachet in France. Oh, that makes sense, because, yeah, the voice actors were speaking in a French accent. They were very French, yes. And then we had the bandits of Golok fleeing from their village by train and pursued by ferocious imperial forces. A boy and his force-sensitive younger sister seek refuge in a vibrant and dangerous Daba. This one was 88 pictures in, you could tell, it's India. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very Indian uh, style in this one. Uh, Number eight is The Pit, a fearless young prisoner forced to dig for Kyber by the Empire plans a risky escape for he and his people. This one was Dart Shutagio in Japan. Oh, really? That's not the one I would have guessed for Japan. That's interesting. And last but not least, unless it is, is a <laughs> Au song. An alien child who longs to sing is raised by her loving but stern father to stay quiet because of the calamitous effect her voice has on the crystals in the nearby mines. This one was by Triggerfish in, I wouldn't have guessed this either, South Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So those are our players. So let's take our guesses. Um, did you want to guess first? What's my least? Your least? Yeah. Um, I would pick the journey to Darkhead. Okay. And for you, I'm going to pick the pit. Oh. What's my most? Your most is... Um, I will pick... Screechers reach. And for you, I will pick I am your mother. Okay. Okay. All right. What's your least? My least was the pit. Oh. Yeah. It just wasn't, I wasn't into it. Like, I kind of like tuned out. I don't know. It just, I think because other stories had a lot more like Jedi story and this one didn't really have that. It was just a kid who escaped the hole. Yeah. (laughs) Um, To like, you know, free his people. Um, so I don't know. It just seemed a very generic story. Mine was also the pit (laughs) for the same reason. It just, it wasn't, it was very sad. It didn't feel very star Wars. Um, I would say though, none of these are bad. That was just the least out of all of them to me. Yeah. What's your number eight? (laughs) My eighth is what I had told you was your, or what I had guessed was your lowest was journey to the dark head. My number eight is also Journey to the Dark Head. And for that one, again, it wasn't bad by any means. It was exciting. It was just for me, um, I shared with you, the animation was kind of what you'd expect and the story was kind of what you'd expect. It didn't really like stand out as... I was kind of grading this on how different is the animation and how original is the story. And this one was like two Jedis battling. (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, like what you had mentioned... What I look forward to with Visions is that, like, something that's outside of the norm of what we would see, especially because, like, it's from studios from around the world, so you kind of want to see their different perspectives, and it's like, 
yeah, if they're not, then it's just like, oh, well, I'll just watch a Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your seventh? Seventh was In the Stars. Wow. Yeah. Why was it In the Stars? Because that one was with the sisters, right? Yeah. Yeah, it just was... I didn't really connect to it, I guess. Um, I kept forgetting what it was about. <laughs> that too. I mean, those were the, like, we watched it in order, so that was one of the first ones that we've seen. And so we didn't really see everything at the same day, at the same time. But, um, yeah, like, I guess it attests to, like, we didn't, I, I didn't, like, really remember much of it. So that's why it's one of the okay. lower ranking ones. Mine was actually The Bandits of Golak, only mm-hmm. because. I really didn't like the animation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was kind of ugly. Okay. It was kind of like um, uh, Clone Wars, but not as smooth looking, I guess. Mm. And I thought the story was okay. Um, what's your number six? Screechers Reach. <gasps> mm-hmm. How dare you? Yeah, I dare. Why? <laughs> I mean, I, I do like the horror aspect of it, because... Um, that's just something you don't really expect when you watch a Star Wars movie. So that was kind of cool. Um, but again, it was just, I didn't really like, aside from that, to me, there wasn't a lot of like memorable stuff. Okay. Mine was in the stars for all the reasons that we just talked about, but I, at least it stuck with me a little bit more than bandit, but, and I liked the animation more. So that was why. Oh, it's number five. Sith. Wow. Yeah. All right. I mean, I do like it because, like, that was the first one where, like, it had a lot of lightsaberness of it. <laughs> um, but aside from that, I mean, again, like, it didn't, it might be because it's one of the first ones we've seen, but um, it just didn't really stick out to me. Mm. Yeah. I think I might surprise you on this one because my number five is Aowu Song. Wow. As much as I love the animation, I thought the story could have been better. Like, mm. I thought it was very pretty in the end when you kind of get the payoff. Uh-huh. But leading up to that, I thought it could have even either been more exciting or made its point a little bit more to strengthen the reveal. Mm. But, yeah, I do love the, the different animation to that one, though. Okay. Number four. The band is a Golak. Oh. I actually like, well, it started off kind of slow, and the girl in it, kind of annoyed me because she just kept on using her force. Well, it seemed like she kept on using her force powers and she even, she should have known that she shouldn't use in public, but then the whole ending with the the old lady, um, revealed as the Jedi. It's like, Oh my gosh. And she, she just basically like Yoda where she came out with a cane and was all slow. And then like, she just became badass. That actually is what kind of saved it for me because I had it pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> I bumped it up because <laughs> of her. My number four. Actually, I struggled a little bit whether I should put Aoos or number, number four. And I finally put I Am Your Mother mm. as number four. Okay. Because I love Wallace and Gromit. I love that style, but we've also seen it. Mm-hmm. But I really like the story. It was just cute. It was fun. The characters were fun. That's what kind of put it higher up on my list for me. Okay. Is that the one we're on for? Yeah. What's your three? Third was, for me, was Ao Song. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That means you put this other one pretty high on your list, which mm. it didn't seem like you were going to. Yeah. But, yeah. 
my three was the one I'm talking about, the Spy Dancer. Mm, okay. Because uh, I liked the um, the style was a little off putting at times, but overall I really liked the style and the story was very beautiful. Mm-hmm. What's your number two? I'm your mother. Wow, uh, you fooled me. Yeah, I I do like it. I, I like how it was more like a funny funnier kind of take on star wars it had racing because i like the racing like the pod racers sometimes <laughs> um and yeah it's it was a cool story with like a mother daughter their their dynamic and their relationship and yeah there are a lot of fun parts in it yeah so uh i got your least one right but your favorite one wrong mm-hmm. and you got the opposite because my number two is sith Oh. I really like Sith. That was almost my number one. Because mm, okay. of the style. The style was so cool. Yeah. And I, th- I like the idea that she was like a ex-Sith yeah. and she was dealing with her past. And yeah, my first one is Screechers Reach. Mm-hmm. And what made it number one is I like the animation, but I love like seeing... We kind of talked about this on the show, actually, but I love seeing Star Wars with a horror aspect. Yeah. So that's what did it for me. I am a horror junkie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, the Spy Dancer, I loved it so much. The The only thing I wish I could, I would, I would have changed would probably be the animation, because I feel like if it was done in a more either realistic or, like, I guess even, like, more computer-generated way that looks a lot more, like, beautiful and artistic, I think that would be, like, even elevated more, just because, like, there are a lot of cool scenes where the main character, she, like, jumps and, like, her cape or her her costume, whatever she's wearing, just, like, flows all over. So it would have been cool to see some of that detail more exaggerated in a different type of animation. But, like, the story is awesome. I don't want to give any spoilers, but um, at the end, it was just an ending that you really wouldn't have expected. Um, and it was just a cool, like... Like, you would never think of, like, oh, yeah, Stormtroopers going to, like, a performance venue and just watching. It felt very, like, Moulin Rouge, kind of. Um, so, yeah, I really liked that. And I would have loved for that to be, like, turned into a movie or something. Yeah, I think that brought something new and interesting to Star Wars. Yeah. And, yeah, I'd definitely like to see that expanded. Yeah. And maybe we will because for the first season, they actually made a comic out of... I don't remember what it was called, but it was like the samurai one, the first episode of the first. Oh, yeah. They expanded on that one because it was so popular. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll see something and I'll let you know if we do. Yeah. Cool. Well, speaking of seeing something more in Star Wars property. So apparently when Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor came out. There were rumors that there is a Darth Maul Easter egg, and it looks like, because we haven't played it yet, I'm dying to, but I am also unemployed, <laughs> so I can't be buying everything. Um, but people were saying there's the Darth Maul Easter egg, but nobody's found it, so it looks oh. like it may not be there. But in an answer to this, there was a mod made. So in case you don't know, if you have a game on PC, 
you can mod the game a lot of times. A lot of time game developers allow this on purpose. So this was posted to Nexus Mods by user God781254. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he actually modded it so that you can play as Darth Maul <laughs> in, wow. in Survivor. So this is still very um, early on. So, like, it doesn't have the uh, clothing, like, move the fabric move. So, like, if you're running, the fabrics will all just be <laughs> stagnant. <laughs> but, I mean, the mod looks really good. It looks... Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. And I guess the mouth moves along with uh, Cal Kesis's voice, or maybe even Darth Maul's voice. It doesn't oh. really say... Oh, with Cal's voice. It says right here. <laughs> um, but the uh, God 781254 is working on having a fabric move. And then also it looks like he is adding other Star Wars characters to the game. Like the robes of Anakin, Luke, wow. and Obi-Wan may all be um, in the game soon. Or the full characters may be in there. So, yeah, this is one of those things that kind of keeps games alive sometimes, and that's why creators allow it, because people can kind of create their own game within a game. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, I'm one who I prefer to play stuff on uh, the systems and not the computer, so I'm not a modder, but I still thought it was worth to bring up. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, we'll see kind of where it fits into the timeline. Speaking of timelines, <laughs> so this was interesting. So uh, Star Wars just unveiled in a new uh, 2023 Star Wars book, Luke Skywalker's new timeline. Oh. And if I remember right, there was like 10 years, I think, in between, I think, Empire and Jedi or New Hope and Empire. I don't remember. But I remember it being like five years and 10 years. And this new timeline does not follow that. Oh. Yeah. How dare they? So it uh, refers to the Chosen Woman's Born, 19 BBY. Uh, Reva pays a visit in 9 BBY, so when he's 10 years old. Mm -hmm. A New Hope is year zero, so this would be when he's 20. Uh, he meets the scoundrel that year. Uh, he meets Princess Leia that year. He loses Obi-Wan that year. <laughs> he shoots down the Star or Death Star. And then now it says three years, and it says three ABY. So three years later is when he defends Hoth. He meets Yoda. He falls into the Cloud City trap and loses his hand. And now what's crazy is apparently there's only one year in between Empire and Jedi now, because now uh, he saves Han Solo for ABY. Oh, okay. Uh, Yoda's death and finding out he has a sister, he redeems his father. And that same year, so the same year that Jedi happens, Return of the Jedi, is when he trains Leia to be a Jedi. Oh, okay. So those scenes from the new trilogy are the same year. Wow. So he becomes, uh, Grogu becomes Luke's student, 9 ABY, so five years after Jedi, which we knew. And then 15 ABY is when Luke Skywalker takes on Ben Solo. So this is that part where Luke is kind of like possessed looking and tries to kill um, Ben in his sleep. Mm -hmm. So that happens six years after he meets Grogu. Wow. Yeah. 
And then it looks like 13 years pass between Luke burns down the Jedi Temple because of his failure with Ben. Yeah. That's a long time to yeah. sit in your failure. Yeah. And then, so that's from 28 to 34 ABY, so six years between the Jedi Temple burning and Luke meeting Rey. And then that same year is when Luke dies. And then a guiding force, 35 ABY, is when Luke comes to help Rey as a a spirit. Mm, Okay. So that's your whole timeline. Wow. So we'll see. It talks here about how... uh, Star Wars has been known to kind of plug in extra stuff, as we've seen with, like, Obi-Wan and Leia being in it. So we'll Mm -hmm. see if that timeline changes anymore, but that's where we stand right now. Wow. Speaking of Star Wars, since we're still in Galaxy, (laughs) where were we on May the 4th? We were at Disneyland. Disney, Disney, Disney. Disney. So, yeah, we posted the picture of me as Han Solo and you as Princess Leia. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Not really. You're just a forest yeah, scout, was. but I like calling you Leia. I know. So, yeah, we went to Disney, and oh, my glob. So many people were dressed up as Star Wars. I don't know why. Well, it's just <laughs> cool because you get to see firsthand just how, like, this kind of joke. Like, May the 4th isn't that old. Yeah. It only started, I want to say, like, maybe five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's, like, a full-blown, like, thing. Like, everybody was celebrating at yeah, Disney. It was cool. Yeah. And uh, there were a lot of Han Solos that you could buy this shirt and vest in the park. Uh And that's what most of us were wearing. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was a good time. They had uh, special foods. They had the Grogu popcorn or zipper, zipper, (laughs) which a lot of people had. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah a lot of cool stuff. Um, And. And even. um, the, the, a lot of good food. And, and the thing, too, is they're celebrating. It's Star Wars month, really. It just gets kicked off May the 4th. So if you haven't, you know, if you're like, oh, I want to go, but I didn't know that was happening. Like, you basically have the rest of May to experience it. Um, and we were able to also go to Grand Californian, and they have some snacks over there, too. So make sure to check that out. We got <laughs> a, um, a like a Wookiee cookie with, like, um, cream chocolate cream-filled. And then we also got some um, chocolate-dipped um, pretzels that look like lightsabers. Unfortunately, we weren't able to eat it because um, our pup, ate it <laughs> but fortunately she survived she didn't yeah so that's good um and yeah what else was there yeah just a lot of cool people dressed up oh and i mean we don't know who it was but we had a pretty cool experience oh, where yeah. someone walked up to us and was like oh we, i like your bound your guys's bounding so here's your um or disney bound um here's a button to as a reward <laughs> basically. yeah and it has fennec shand on the button yeah so that was a cool thing that happened yeah so fun day overall we did not do star wars night that night just because it is a hefty price and we already uh purchased pride night and we plan on going to the halloween event so you gotta kind of take it in stride yeah but i think it's still worth at least seeing disneyland on may the 4th yeah and it was cool too because it's not like because at first i was like oh maybe a lot of people here were dressed up because they got uh access to star wars night but after you know we after Star Wars Night started, we went to California Adventure, and there were still people dressed up as um, in Star Wars gear. So like, yeah, it's everyone. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. 
Well, cool. Well, speaking of DCA, I'd say that's over in uh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Parks. Parks, parks, parks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Take it away. Yeah, and speaking of us going to DCA, so one of the first things, yeah, one of the first things we noticed was the Guardians uh, Mission Breakout Ride uh, <laughs> had a really long wait time. It was 400 minutes. Um, and we were like, what is going on? But we didn't really find out exactly what happened that day, but... An article recently came out saying that the 400-minute wait was due to someone getting escorted off of the ride, um, and due to their actions, uh, two of the the vehicles uh, stopped working. Uh, so only the ride was only operating half of its capacity, so that's what caused it to increase up to 400 minutes. And apparently the reason why is because um, there is a trend or I guess a TikTok trend going on right now where people are like, uh, I don't even know how this happens, but I guess they kind of loosen their seatbelts on the ride so that when the ride drops, they have a bigger, like, um, like I guess, floating experience on the ride. And that's very dangerous. And it sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, right? So I don't know why people want to do that. They Disney even added signs on the ride saying, like, don't do that. Um, and also, there are cameras on the ride, so they will see you. Like, we've even been on a ride before where I think one of the kids got so scared, she kind of, like, grabbed onto her parent or something and was, like, off her seat. And, like, we had someone in the intercom, like, yelling at them to, like, stop doing that. So... You won't get away with this if you do this, so don't do that. And if you do, like, you're going to ruin it for everyone because, as you can see, it can basically um, mess up the ride and mess it up for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, so don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> speaking about, speaking about <laughs> oh, no. messed up attractions, <laughs> um, everyone knows this. The Murphy Dragon is RIP for now, or is <laughs> he's, he's injured right now, and they are... The Disney Parks is trying to fix it as soon as possible, but uh, the hiatus of Fantasmic has increased, um, and they said they the hiatus will or the the show won't come back until at least May twenty eighth. Wow! And, and that's at least May twenty eighth. So that's the earliest you can probably expect to see Fantasmic come back. I hope it comes back by then, but. We can't guarantee it for you. I hope it still has fire effects and a dragon. I know. Speaking of fire effects and ah! a dragon <laughs> is World of Color. So, yeah, if you can't watch Fantasmic, go to DCA and check out World of Color for now. But what's really cool and exciting is that it sounds like Disney is actually testing to see if the show can still go on while the rides at Paradise Pier um, are in action. Because right now, Paradise Pier does close down at a certain time for World of Color. But I really hope this happens because it would be nice to go on rides while that happens. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you have Incredicoaster, Mickey's Fun Wheel, all of that. Um, it would be a cool perspective to also do that while the show is going on Yeah, as well. on the Fun Wheel, that would be amazing. Yeah, so there, Disney is testing it. Um, hopefully it does well because especially... Summer's coming up, so you don't want to reduce the number of attractions because that'll just make all the other rides longer. 
Um, I hope this does well and we get to go on rides during World of Color. Yeah. Yeah. There's no good way to lead into this next <laughs> one. How could you do this? Yeah. Well, you know, sticking to DCA, um, if you are a Magic Key holder and you've been to the Magic Key Terrace, which is like a special restaurant for Magic Key holders and friends, um, a sad news here is that Nutmeg, uh, who is one of their, um, almost like a mascot, it's one of the feral cats who frequences the terrace, has unfortunately passed away. Disney even had, or the, the restaurant even has a drink named after it as well, too. Um, I think it's called, like, creatively, it's called the Nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that drink has rum, Bailey's Irish Cream, Frangelico Hazelnut Liqueur, um, apricot liqueur um, and the, yeah it's actually a secret menu drink so if you're there order a nutmeg to you know commemorate get, nutmeg yeah um, but sad but yeah as as you as some Disney fans might know there are a bunch of feral cats um, at Disneyland uh, at the Disney Resort um, it really helps out with rodents because <laughs> they hunt them so what yeah I mean, watch out, Mickey Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to transition to this, but I'll just say it's um, Hyperspace Mountain is back. Yay! And we haven't been on it yet. We haven't been on it. It's been such crazy waits. Yeah, like since, like the past like couple times we've been to the park this past week, um, (laughs) the the ride times have been really long, like average like 80 minutes uh, for a wait. And there's been times where we even, like, try to look, and it's broken down amongst a lot of other rides. Um, but, yeah, it's back. Um, so we'll let you know once we go on it our, our uh, thoughts on the ride. I mean, we've been on it before, and yeah. we love it, but we'll see if anything's changed or yeah, yeah. update you. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of an updated ride. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the Disneyland Paris finally reopened there. It's a small world. Um, this past Friday, unfortunately, we weren't able to make it or ride it when we were in Paris, so we're a little jealous of it. But, um, yeah, the ride reopened, and they added some new characters similar to the one in California. Wow. Yeah, they have uh, wheelchair um, dolls as well there now. Nice. Yeah, so, you know, they add more inclusiv- inclusivity to the rides. They added... Um, the wheelchair dolls. So um, I'm assuming they're going to roll this, no pun intended, roll this out to other parts. Stop it. Uh, but yeah, it's cool to see that around, that it's happening around the world. Speaking of adding characters. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is exciting. Um, Mantis mm-hmm. has now been added to Avengers Campus. Yeah. And she looks really good just from the pictures. We haven't seen her yeah. live yet. Yeah, she does. But um, if you heard our take on Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special, Special. She was our standout character. She's so fun. She is. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see her in action, and if she, hopefully the the face characters that play her do a good job and make her as like bubbly and funny as she is in the movies. So yeah, yeah. And by the way, we have a spoiler filled review on Guardians yes. Three for you at the end of this. Yeah. But uh, speaking of watching movies, let's jump over to Disney. Oh, we skipped over one. Oh, did I? I didn't <laughs> scroll down. No worries. Uh, the Disney Cruise Line. Um, they added oh. a new experience oh. to one of their ships, uh, the Disney Magic. 
um, where now you will be able to um, explore the world of Encanto as well as Pixar's Soul. Um, so for these two movies, they have added, and I don't know if I said this already, but at the Disney Magic Ship, um, they added a family-friendly experience with Encanto. It's called an Encanto Celebration where families will be able to um, create butterfly and flower crafts inspired by the film, also enjoy some Colombian beers, cocktails, and sodas, as well as some mocktails for the young ones as well, too. And then they have rethemed one of their other bars, the, the Promenade Lounge, that will be rethemed to the Soul Cat Lounge, um, where it's very like jazzy, kind of New York-y type of lounge space. Um, so cool experiences there and they even have um oh i forgot the the lead guy's name but his like signature top hat and jacket um is also on display there as well too so cool experiences there more ips on the boats yay yeah. speaking of movies should we jump over to disney <laughs> <laughs> yeah disney 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 disney, disney, disney. <laughs> disney. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about this. Uh, I know myself growing up, I regularly watched the Indiana Jones movies. So I know them like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, when did that mole get there? Um, but you didn't watch them as much as me. So they're not as uh, ingrained in your memory. Mm-hmm. At this point, we're not even sure if you've seen the third one and you haven't seen the fourth one. Nope. <laughs> or the fifth one. It's, yeah, okay. I think it's not out yet. So I thought since we watched the first two, you can kind of give your thoughts on Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Uh, so I do like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, it's a very, like, if you tell me I'm watching a, like, archaeologist adventure movie, that's what it promised. Like, that's what it delivered on it. Um, a lot of just more, like, uh, I don't know how to say, like, I guess grounded storyline of, like, you know, a guy who uh, goes on an adventure and, you know, tries to get an artifact, that type of story. And there's also, like, those iconic scenes where he's, like, fighting a big Nazi guy on a plane. Um, so, yeah, very I enjoyed it. The second one, um, Crystal Skull, right? That's the second one? Temple, no, of, Temple, Doom. Sorry, Temple of Doom. Uh, <laughs> Um, that one was cool. Uh, it, 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 I feel like they were more adventurous in the storyline. Um, ambitious. Ambitious, yeah. Because, yeah, this is where you get, like, the iconic scenes of, like, people eating monkey brains, um, the, the hand grabbing the heart out of the guy. So a lot more, like, creative things are out of the <laughs> box ideas, I guess you could say. And it's just interesting watching it today because of the type of graphics that were back in the day. So it just felt a bit more like comical (laughs) with the the type of like you can tell they're on a green screen or just other things like the whole um, bridge scene with the alligators in the bottom. You were giggling the whole time. It's funny because it's like they just they're like, oh, yeah, there's alligators by just shooting like random or by cutting to like a random <laughs> herd of alligators in the water so um yeah i mean it, it, it was still a fun movie um i it was just not as like um 
I don't want to say it's not as enjoyable as the first one, but it was just more like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yours is the more popular opinion. Most people like Raiders the most mm-hmm. out of all of them. Wow. And I've, I've always liked, well, growing up, I liked um, The Last Crusade the most. Okay. And then as I got older, Temple of Doom became my first favorite. I guess the graphics don't really bother me as much, maybe because I watched it so much yeah. growing up. But yeah, I'd say Temple's my favorite, then Last Crusade, then Raiders. Okay. I know that might not be a popular opinion. <laughs> and then uh, Crystal Skull. I know that one's a popular opinion for that to be last. <laughs> um, and one thing that's always bothered me, if you didn't know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is technically the second movie in continuity because it takes place in 1936 and Temple of Doom takes place in 1935. And George Lucas said they did this because he wanted all the Nazi stuff to happen mm. together cohesively. I'm like, does it really matter? Yeah. <laughs> well, and then if that's, the, I mean, that's the case, but it's also like, well, yeah, you have like an iconic character like Short Round who's like introduced in the second one and then like, what happened to him in the first one then if it's a continuation? Yeah. Well, and we don't see him in the third or fourth either. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> he just kind of goes away, apparently. Yeah. And speaking of uh, kids just going away. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At first, when I saw this, I thought it was a joke. But apparently, Dwayne Johnson is under investigation right now because he has allegations that he was part of a three $3 billion kidnapping lawsuit when he was in um when he was in one of the i believe wrestling associations so just with this you know disney with their ties with him for like um moana and for um uh, the jungle cruise a lot of people are speculating that he may be canceled from disney depending on how this allegation goes uh similar to like Johnny Depp with Pirates of the Caribbean. And I know there was also talks of The Rock, you know, being in Pirates as well, too. So, you know, this is, it sounds like it's very early development. So once we hear more, we can um, definitely update you guys on this story. That's so disappointing to me. And I'm like, if this is true, why would you do this, Mr. Johnson? Like, you have to know you're going to get caught. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's because, like, this happened way back before he, like, got really popular before i guess the fast and furious movies <laughs> but um yeah i mean just just don't kidnap people <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i don't know how i can connect kidnapping so dogs. if this was um upsetting to you you may want to pet a dog <laughs> to calm down. yeah um, especially an emotional emotional support dog there you go um this is kind of cool so they're disney just introduced their first canine imagineer um and the reason why that no they didn't hire a dog to be an imagineer specifically um one of their interns um she for disney imagineering she um has a um a support dog a service dog and his name is noodle um so they basically disney inherited the dog well not like kidnapped and inherited but they you know took him in and they even gave him a name tag um so it's just awesome that they're very like welcoming to to pets and just like they're one of the employees basically which is which i love very nice yeah you know what i love what 
anything marvelous, <laughs> marvelous, marvelous. I should have seen that coming. You should have seen that coming. Yeah. Marvelous. So, um, big news today, actually, or last night, I should say, Saturday. And this isn't confirmed, but it's very heavily rumored from a, a, a common leaker who has been right. Uh, My Time to Shine Hello is apparently a Marvel insider and has said that Adam Driver, who is in talks to play Reed Richards, has accepted the role as Reed Richards. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I actually do. Our friend Chris was like, oh, I feel like he's too awkward and, like, dull to play Reed Richards. And I was like, Reed Richards is kind of awkward and dull. (laughs) So I'm good with it. Yeah, and he has, like, the tall, lanky kind of physicality as well yeah i think for me um my number one pick still would have been john krasinski mm-hmm. and emily blunt who were heavily rumored for a while mm-hmm. and luckily we did get to see john krasinski yeah a little bit in this role as the variant but um yeah it looks like that's it adam driver okay so there with this rumor there has come a few other rumors that just aren't as substantiated as of yet. One that I saw rumored in two places is that Marvel may actually do a gender swap on the thing. Oh. Okay. So, so apparently they're open to it and I had read that they were talking to a possible female actress to play the thing. Mhm. Do you want to know the weird reason why I'm okay with this? Why? Because there was a female thing in the comics as well. Okay. So there was a time where Ben Grimm got uh, cured, but the thing... I don't... I'm not the expert on Fantastic Four. Like, I don't love it like I do X-Men Spider-Man, so I don't know all the details. But basically, Ben Grimm got cured, but it moved on to a woman. I think it was a woman he might have been dating at that point. So I think he basically had to make the decision, do I let her stay as a thing or do we move it back to me? Mm-hmm. But there was a female thing. Yeah. And I mean, it does, I think, add a different dimension to the character to see, especially if she's like an attractive woman, like losing that beauty and having to deal with becoming a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I mean, it's kind of, it rem- reminds me of like She-Hulk kind of. Yeah. So... That'd be cool if they could be friends, the thing and she holds. That's true. So, yeah, we're open to this um, more female power to the group, which is right now is three men and one woman. Yeah, that's the thing, too. It's like, yeah, Fantastic Four just has one woman. Yeah. So um, the other rumors right now that are not substantiated is that they are talking to Austin Butler to be Human Torch. Okay. So his most popular recent movie is Elvis. Mm -hmm. He was Elvis. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess we'll have an Elvis uh, Human Torch (laughs) because everybody (laughs) makes fun of him for having that voice now. (laughs) But that would work, though, actually, I think. An Elvis Human Torch. Yeah, because, like, Johnny Storm is very, like, over the top, and, like, he likes attention, so I can see it working. I hope they do a scene where he sings a hunk of burning love. Yes, (laughs) as he's on fire. (laughs) Um, Also, uh, for Sue Storm, Invisible Woman, 
This name keeps popping up. Apparently, Margot Robbie. Okay. Yeah. So, like, this one's hard for me because she's so iconic as Harley Quinn. Like, do we really need to have her be an iconic Marvel female? But on the other hand, I do really like her. She does bring a certain gravitas to any role that she's in, so I can handle it. Yeah. I mean, that. well, that's the thing, too. She can do the job well, and no matter what her past is, would be great. And the thing with Margot, like, she does... Like, she's such a great actress. Like, when you see her as Tanya and I, Tanya, like... Yes. She's... You can't... Like, I would not picture her as Harley Quinn after seeing that role. I forgot that movie. Yeah. I loved it so much. It was so good. I forgot that was her. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah. She's such a great actress. So, um, for me, personally, I would rather have the Emma Frost rumor mm. be true for Margot Robbie or Lady Gaga. But, I mean, I love her for any woman of Marvel. Yeah. Sue Storm's a powerful character, so that would be a good role for her. Yeah. Um, also, just uh, the screenplay is re- being rewritten by Josh Friedman, and the director of WandaVision, Matt Shakeman, is the coming on as director. Okay. So that's going to be cool, because WandaVision had a good action story along with good humor so i think this is perfect for what they want to do with fantastic four yeah do they say anything about like whether what time period yet i still think it was confirmed it's going to take place in the 60s Okay, i like that yeah because that's kind of what they want to do basically they want to make the incredibles with fantastic four yeah, that'd be awesome have a very 60s feel since that's also when the comics started and it was all about technology mm-hmm. so i think it makes sense for the story to take place then and make it more about getting up to where the rest of the movies take place yeah and probably i'm guessing we'd see ant-man in it since he took mm-hmm. place a lot in the past yeah but and I definitely think they would go through some sort of wormhole or quantum realm or something and pop up with our current people. That would be funny though if it was if yeah they time traveled to the future and it was very much like a Brady Bunch movie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, that would be funny. Um, you know what's not funny? What Blade has once again yeah. <laughs> been put back. I know. I feel like this movie can't get it. Like, um, and this is due, and this isn't due to like anything that the production team has done. This is really due to the um, the writer strike that had just started, um, and it has unfortunately affected, um, yeah, the Blade movies. So they had halted production for now. So that's likely going to cause more delays in this movie release. Well, I did. I didn't add this to our stuff, but I'll still talk about it only because it's like. If the other things I just talked about with Fantastic Four were unsubstantiated rumors, this one's even less of a substantiated rumor. But I just read there is at least a rumor that there's going to be a character in Blade named Lilith. Oh. And they talked about who apparently Marvel may be talking to to play this role. Oh, okay. Mia Goth. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) We're big fans of uh, X. And what was the second one called? Um, Uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, those are really good movies. So good that I can remember the name. <laughs> but uh, it made us Mia Goth fans. And so, yeah, if she were a villain 
in it, that would be amazing. It would. Yeah. Pearl. Uh, Pearl, there you go. So, uh, new news has come out about Ghost Rider. People are finding themselves saying something very odd that you wouldn't think to hear about Ghost Rider. What is that? They're adding the word sexy okay. to his name. Oh. And the reason for that is, if you know the new X-Men series on Krakoa, yearly they do the Hellfire Gala, hmm. where all the mutants and even some of the heroes visit Krakoa and they dress up in their finest. So it's very Met Gala for mutants. Uh-huh. And on the new uh, variant cover art for Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider shows up in a very sexy outfit for him, and people are loving it. <laughs> so this is on uh, Ghost Rider number 16, and this is uh, Gerald Perel's cover. And it shows Ghost Rider basically like in... A, a leather outfit that's slightly nicer than what he's usually wearing. But then he also has like sunglasses on and he make, he's making his flame go up in kind of a, um, uh, it's like a pompadour. pompadour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he looks very like, he's almost more Johnny storm than ghost Rider here, but he does look kind of sexy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it sexy, but I'd call it like more like handsome. Yeah. Um, I don't know when I was thinking sexy. I was thinking more like panties. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Show, well, I was gonna say showing him a bit more skin, but then he doesn't have any. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know that I'd say sexy. I might say suave yeah. or debonair. Yeah, dapper. Maybe. Dapper, but it's definitely nice. Yeah, nicer than what he usually. Looks yeah. Like. <laughs> Speaking of nicer than what things usually look like, I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, with June right around the corner, June being Pride Month, uh, Marvel has released their lineup of variant covers. Okay. So, in case you don't know, every year for Pride Month, they do their Pride covers, which are pretty big sellers. I have some of them on our wall. Mm -hmm. And so, this year, they've announced a cover with Rachel Summers, who is the daughter, or kind of. It's complicated. <laughs> Daughter of Jean and Cyclops, but then that future timeline got destroyed, but then she remained in our timeline for some reason. So she's getting her own cover because she is uh, currently dating Betsy Braddock, who it's complicated. <laughs> Used to be Psylocke, but now she's Captain America. Okay. So this cover will be on Betsy Braddock, Captain America, or Britain, sorry, not Captain America, Captain Britain. Wow. Uh,. This one I love. We're getting an Aaron Fisher cover. So they unveiled there's uh, different Captain Americas across the United States who are helping in their own little ways. And Captain Fisher is our LGBTQIA Captain America who is known to kind of be a, a vagrant. Like he lives on trains and travels on trains and just goes around saving people. So he's getting a cover. Um. Oh, and that's on uh, Captain America Sentinel of Liberty. He'll be getting that cover. Uh, Black Cat, who is known to kind of... She's very bisexual, or pansexual, I should say. Uh, she's usually after Spider-Man, not Peter Parker, because she thinks he's boring. She likes Spider-Man. Uh, but recently, she had her own story where she had a girlfriend in the past okay. who came back to haunt her. So she's getting her own... 
cover on uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Fang, who's also Dakin, who's the son of Wolverine, is getting his own cover on Fall of X. And he'll also be in a new Alpha Flight series. Uh, breakout hit Escapade, who just got released last year in Marvel's Voices Pride, is getting their own cover, which is exciting. Escapade is a uh, transgender and Escapade has the power to basically like switch places with someone, which is interesting. Wow, okay. And Escapade is haunted because they saw a vision where they are falling and their mutant power goes out of control and they accidentally switch places with their best friend who oh, no. then falls to his death. Wow. Yeah. But that's been resolved. It, it all turned out okay. <laughs> um, uh, Escapade will have their own limited series, New Mutants Lethal Legion, where you can look for their cover. And then Web Weaver, who we talked about on the show, who was introduced in Edge of Spider-Verse, will have his own cover on Marvel's Voices Spider-Verse. And this is a variant of Spider-Man who is gay and fabulous. <laughs> so they do reveal some of these covers. They're very pretty. I like them more than last year's covers because they have really pretty colors on them. They are very dynamic poses. So these are things that you can start looking for on June 7th. We get Immortal X-Men 12 and X-Men 23. On June 14th, we get Amazing Spider-Man 27, Captain America Cold War Omega number 1, and X-Men Red number 12. And then on sale June 21st, we get Amazing Spider-Man 28. So if you're looking to collect these covers, those are the three dates, the 7th, the 14th, and the 21st, that they will drop in a comic store near a yeep. So what you're saying is we'll be going to comics a lot next month. I love you. (laughs) Speaking of love, we love the Guardians. Yay. So James Gunn just recently talked about the possibility of doing a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 4. Spoiler alert. Not very possible. (laughs) Oh, no. So James Gunn said he definitely is done with the Guardians with his move to DC. He said um, uh, Marvel's welcome to carry on Guardians, but I believe Marvel and other people have voiced their opinion that it would be odd to move on with Guardians without James Gunn at this point. Mm. So what we can expect to see from this is we will definitely be getting more Warlock because this was just the introduction movie for Warlock. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the people that we met in Guardians, or I mean, I guess actors, we've known them, but a lot of them are going to follow James Gunn over to D.C., Wow. So people are kind of saying, like, this is the inception of something new with the people we love as new characters. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll most likely see some of the characters pop up in either solo films or as, like, buddy films Hmm. that survive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we'll see where it goes from here, but it looks like... uh, Guardians may be done. Wow. Because we talked about, I wonder if they would change up the team and still do a Guardians 4, but it looks like that's not on the docket at this point. Yeah, I mean, I feel like 
I mean, I think the movie's doing well and selling well. Oh, so. yeah, it is. Yeah, so, like, I, I feel like, you know, if, when that happens, you know, Marvel can't turn away to the fact that, you know, people will like Guardians. So, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a volume four, but maybe not done by James Gunn. I feel like there will be, just yeah. for that reason, yeah, because... Um all the Guardians movies have done well. It, yeah. They've all been high on the critic numbers, on the money numbers. So there's so many characters that have been introduced. You can easily yeah. move on with a new team. Yeah, and it would be cool to see a new team also. And, you know, it's always funny to see a new team being built up and the antics and, like, funny parts of, like, them trying to get along. So yeah. Cool. So that takes us through our news portion. Let's do our Margot Disbiz and our um, featured. Uh-huh. Then we'll do our not featured <laughs> favorite moment. Then we'll do our cover Disney and then we'll do spoilers for Guardians 3. Sounds like a plan. Cool. So last week we asked you what Disney villain would you want to get a comic series? Madame Mim, Claude Frollo, Dr. Facilier, our mother Gothel. How, Alan, do you think this turned out? I don't know. I feel like... I feel like probably Dr. Facilier might do pretty well just because he's one of the better-known villains out there. I actually... My initial reaction was like, I would like Cro- uh, Frollo because he's one of... like Contract Notre Dame is one of my favorite movies, of or Disney animated movies, so I would like to see that. But at the same time, like I don't feel like his character has a lot of story. I think he's just a priest, and he's after Esmeralda. Um, so I don't know what else they could do unless he like that's his whole storyline is going after gypsies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like that would get old for a while. Um, so I would. I am leaning between like Madame Mim and Doctor Facilier as well. Um, probably more so Madame Mim because you know I, I want to get to know more of her powers and. Her, like, changing into things, so... Why she's evil. (laughs) Why she's evil, yeah. Well, uh, interestingly enough, one of these got absolutely no votes. Uh Uh-oh. And that was Mother Gothel. Wow. Yeah, people don't care about no Mother Gothel. Well, she is kind of boring. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because she's all about, I just want to be younger. That's really it. That's That's what drives her. Yeah, like, she doesn't have, like, her own powers. She just has her captive's hair (laughs) yeah uh so at 18 percent of the votes we had claude frollo okay so he's number three you were right about that yeah uh and one of these got 37 percent of the votes and one of them got 45 percent nearly half the votes uh went to dr facilier wow so he is the winner okay so you are correct yeah but yeah i think between those two i think people are drawn to their magic why they're evil how are they, like how is dr facilier connected to the spirits mm-hmm. like there's a lot of story there yeah and madame mim i feel like would be interesting i just don't know that there's as much story that we could see on the surface yeah but they'd probably write something cool with her yeah yeah mother gothel i don't i, I always forget about her and i was even surprised when she was part of oogie boogie's bash yeah. <laughs> like, really? She doesn't do much. I know. <laughs> so I thought for this week with our new news about Reed Richards, we would ask you, who would you want to see as Adam Driver's Reed Richards Invisible Woman? Mm-hmm. 
So I went off of rumors. So it was rumored Emily Blunt, Margot Robbie, Dakota Fanning, who we all think of as a kid, but she's she's yeah of age now. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Shauri Ronan. Sersha Ronan. How do you say it? Sersha? Sersha Ronan. Sersha. Rhymes with inertia. Sersha. Rhymes with inertia. Yeah. So she was in uh, The Lovely Bones, amongst other things. Yeah. <laughs> so Sersha Ronan, Dakota Fanning, Margot Robbie, or Emily Blunt. Let us know who you want to see as Invisible Woman yeah. for Adam Driver in particular. So who would mesh well with him? <laughs> All right. So let's go over to our... Favorite moment. Favorite moment. I don't have any because I've only gone to the parks like three times this week. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> no, um, let's see. Do you have one? I will go with I finally got my ears. <laughs> I do this very Sean thing where I sometimes look at something like every time we go and I'm like, I'm going to get it today. I don't know if I want it. I'm going to get I don't know. And I finally got it. I used my uh, redemption points, so the ears were only six fifty. But they're the ears for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and they're so cute. The bow is like picnic um, blanket looking, and then it has all the characters on it: uh, Pluto with the basket, Mickey and Minnie in their car, and Goofy on the back, where it says the end. So. Yeah. These are definitely going on our ear wall. I already know which ears I'm taking down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for mine, um, I, I, like I said, like there's a lot of Disney stuff that happened this past week, which were really fun. Um, I probably will say just, you know, it's always fun to go to Disney with someone who hasn't gone to the parks as often or that don't go to the parks often or, you know, even ever. And yeah, one of my friends who recently moved from Northern California to back to Southern California wanted to go to Disney. Um, and yeah, took her yesterday. Sean joined us as well. Um, and we went basically from rope drop to closing. So really tired, but um, she enjoyed it. We were able to go on a lot of rides um, without having to use Lightning Lane. Um, and yeah, it was a fun time. So I thought it was interesting that we thought that Cynthia was our good luck charm for another rides breaking <laughs> and being short lines. But right after I left around four, you guys had lots of issues. <laughs> so I was the good luck charm. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of rides that just broke down. Um, all the popular rides, basically, like uh, Splash Mountain, um, Space, Space Mountain, Mountain Hyperspace Hyper Mountain. Space Mountain. Um, and there was even a point where we went on um, Big Thunder, and the second lift hill, we just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary, too, because you kind of roll back a little bit because the, the, like, the chain needs to grab it. Um, and, yeah, that kind of freaked us out a little bit, but it eventually started going again. But, yeah, these rides are just breaking down here and there. Yeah. Yeah. They need to do something. Yeah, JPEG. Oh, I mean, I guess. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of villains, 
So I know this is a little bit old. Alan said it's like four weeks. How do I have not seen it yet? <laughs> but it was sent in again by a friend of the pod, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi. KGC. Um, this was uh, Jafar on Saturday Night Live. Um, he was on the news talking about how Ron DeSantis is attacking Disney and his thoughts on it. And he does this almost like spoken word, like rap kind of not even a rap more just like he's speaking to music yeah but it's so cute it's so fun i love it yeah and he basically like something we talked about on um our other show about how ron DeSantis like do you hate gays so much because you are gay is that why you're putting up such a front and that's kind of what they say in the skit Yeah, I mean, they also called him out for getting married at Disney. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) So here's the sample of the um, spoken word part, and then you could find the whole video on YouTube if you type in SNL Jafar. Yeah. Well, if it isn't the swamp rat, bravo for attempting to seize our precious land, only to be thwarted once again by the House of Mouse. You pitiful straight, you can try to stop us, boy, but we will outsmart you at every turn. Don't say gay. Well, if there is no gay, there is no Disney. And everyone loves Disney, including you, because your dumbass got married there. (laughs) And that's the gayest thing you can do. Dissante, the gay shall stay, and you sashay away. So you've already heard that before, so I don't care what you think of it. I already know you like it. Good. I hate it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Said Rod DeSantis. Said Rod DeSantis. <laughs> Ron. I said Rob. Wow. Oh. Oh. That's oh. weird. Um. So, from this point on, we are going to talk spoilers on Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So, if you've not seen it yet, turn off this podcast immediately, unless you don't mind spoilers. But then, come back after you watch it and finish this. Yeah, so (laughs) it doesn't mess with our numbers. Yeah. (laughs) So, how did you like Guardians 3? I loved it. It was a very good ending to this trilogy of guardians. I would just say this because you know, it might have, we might have more. Um, but yeah, it, I didn't, I mean, yeah, this is a spoiler, um, alert, but it did focus a lot on rocket story and really set him up, him up to be the next, um, leader of, um, this next guardians, uh, team. And yeah, I mean, just a heads up. It is going to make you cry. Um, our friend Jesse cried a few times during the movie um, because it's it just it's very like Rocket makes friends and don't get too attached to them because yeah you don't want to do that <laughs> yeah so I had this conversation on the way to my concert with Chris last night where Chris and Jesse separately both said they don't want to ever watch this movie again because they they liked it but it was so yeah. sad. And Chris and I talked about it. Like, did they have to put, like, the metal on the rabbit's mouth? Did they have to, like, have uh, Lila the Otter's arms, like, severed and have mechanical arms? And what I kind of talked about is the high evolutionary in the comics is kind of not a horrible villain. Like, you may not even 
necessarily think of him as a villain. Okay. Because he kind of has, he does make animals like evolve into people like animen, which is what they call them in the movie as well. So he's kind of like at odds with people, but he's not the worst. So having him be kind of middle ground in the movie might be confusing. Okay. So I think that's maybe why they were so horrific with like what he was doing with those early animals. I mean, he did also blow up the planet with the animate on it. So, <laughs> but yeah, it just made him a much darker villain than I think he ever would have been in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my thing too. Like they probably did that so that you hate him. Yeah. And it worked. I did. <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, I didn't cry. It does take a lot to get me to cry, but I definitely had moments where I was like, oh, I think I'm going to cry. Like my eyes watered up because it was so sad. Yeah. But it didn't ruin the movie for me. I would definitely watch this movie again. I think it's the kind of movie, once you know for sure how it goes down and what's going to go down, like, it'll get easier (laughs) over time. Mm -hmm. But it did make the movie more heartening to have that. Yeah. It's... Because they they do it in a way, too, where you connect with those characters as well, too. Yeah. That's that's the thing that's, like... Because there's such, like... With with everything, all the like crap that like they went through, they were still like happy and like they were like joyful. Um, that made like Rocket like made it survivable for 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 Rocket to be in the the horrible situation he was in. Yeah. So once like you see them go away, it's just it's sad. And then again, the the scene in the afterlife, I'm like, ugh, they yeah. brought him back again. Well, and when you think about it whatever was going to have happened to rocket had to be so bad that he doesn't ever want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So we had to go there with him and yeah, he made friends with these things and because of him, arguably they got killed because he was, well, they were going to get killed no matter what, but he was trying to save them, which caused them to get killed sooner, which I could see why he would blame himself for that, even though it wasn't really his fault. But yeah. it had to be bad in order for it to explain why he wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, I thought the the humor was fun. Um, Drax and Mantis stole the show a little bit again. Yeah. And so did Cosmo the dog. I was excited that she was a fun character. Mm-hmm. Um, Gamora... Gamora was Gamora. Yeah, she was, you know, the the frustratingly, like, I hate everyone character again. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought Peter Quill was going to die. Yeah. Yeah, which, like, I hate to say it, but I would rather have him than Lila and his friends. So, um, yeah, because in the end, um, it did say... I guess we could say it's because it's just it's a spoiler. Yeah, we um, warned them. Yeah, Star Lord is gonna be back, and <laughs> one of the people in the theaters was like, "Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why?" <laughs> and yeah, Rachel texted me too, and she said, "Do we really need another Star Lord yeah. movie?" Yeah. Um, unless, like, I don't know if they will because I don't know if it's in the comments, but like, if they change the person who's Star Lord, I think that would be cool. Yeah, I don't think they've done that, but it would be interesting. Yeah. Um, Rachel did see the movie just before us, actually. I think hers probably ended maybe only 20 or 30 minutes before us. Mm -hmm. So she loved it. She thought it was sad, but she didn't cry. Yeah. She would watch it again. 
Um, one of the things that was the most exciting to me is that Phyla Vell was in this movie. Yeah. I'm a big Phyla Vell fan. She, in this movie, she's a little girl with white hair, and in the very end, she has kind of the purpley power. Uh, the reason why that's exciting is Phyla Vell is family. Oh. She is a queer. She is in a... A marriage with Moon Dragon, who I don't know if the movies will ever go here. I kind of hope they will, but with Drax not being in them anymore, I don't know how it would work out. Mm. But in the comics, um, it's already a little different. Drax is from Earth. He's a regular human. Um, his vehicle he's driving with his wife and daughter is attacked by Thanos, and they are killed, the wife and daughter. Or are they? And then uh, Drax is taken into space by Thanos where he's experimented on. And that's when he mm-hmm. turns green and alien looking. Mm-hmm. And years later, it turns out that his daughter also survived and now goes by the name Moon Dragon and has powers of her own. And she is married to Phylavelle. Okay. They are a lesbian marriage. Wow. So the fact that is in it, I think that opens the doors for more queer representation in Guardians. And mm-hmm. I'm excited by that. I'm excited that Phyla is a strong female character. So she could easily take over the role of Gamora's character and be that strong female for the team. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, Gamora is the strongest on that team. Yeah. Her or Drax, I don't know. Yeah. Probably, probably Gamora. Yeah. So yeah, I think that the ending that has Rocket, Groot, Phyla, uh, Warlock, all kind of... Oh, and Kraglin, I believe... Uh, on their own kind of new Guardians team is very promising for the future of still having a team. I am sad, though, that Mantis may have made an exit. Yeah, I know. I hope she comes back at least do, like, a couple cameos in future movies, so that would be nice. She's so fun, and I really liked in this movie that they really kind of showcased her power of, like, she is a force to be reckoned with. Like, yeah. when she told the guy, like, I don't remember what she said, but basically, like, hate your other people. And he started firing on his own people. Mm-hmm. She told the one guy to dance, so he yeah. just danced the whole time. She told the one guy that he loves Drax. Yeah. Like, she's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, like, when she first showed up in the movie, she was very, like, the back, almost like a background supporting character. Yeah. And now, like, she's just evolved into, like, I think that's awesome that she's evolved. Like, I think we can have, like, a spinoff show with just her. Yeah, and I think sometimes they may do stuff like that, like yeah. have her exit in the movie, so that way, if she's not on contract, it makes a nice end for her. And if she is, she's still out there somewhere alive, so they could easily just say, okay, I'm done with my sabbatical, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I feel like she would be Palm um, Clementhal. The actress, Palm something. I feel like she'd be smart to come back because, yeah, she could have her own show. Mm -hmm. She could star in her own movie. Like, she has a big career with Marvel ahead of her. Yeah. 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 Cool. And, yeah. Oh, and then in the end, we heard Groot speak. Yes! The the audience loved that. They cheered. Yeah, he said, I love you guys. And I actually came across a TikTok uh, where it was more symbolic because if you notice in the movie, everyone understood what, or the, his teammates understood 
every time he said I'm Groot, like what he was actually saying. And that whole ending was supposed to be like, we got closer to Groot, so we understood what we hear what he's saying now. Oh. So in reality, he was still saying I am Groot, but because, you know, we've spent so much time with him, we understand Groot now. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's interesting. So it's like a like, closing thing, because, yeah, I don't, it sounds like he's still going to say I am Groot in future movies. It, yeah. yeah, well, because as a comic reader, there was a point where he did evolve into looking like he did in the movie at the end, mm-hmm. and he was able to start speaking normal. So I actually like the symbolic take better, yeah. but it may just be him evolving as well. Yeah, so I that'd be Tim interesting. Gunn confirmed it. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say this definitely is a movie worth seeing. Um, it doesn't. I mean, you you need to watch Guardians one and two, and yeah. probably uh, Infinity War and Endgame to fully understand it. Even the holiday special. Even the holiday <laughs> special. But yeah, definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of Easter eggs too. Yeah, it's a long movie as well. Oh jeez. Uh, so make sure <laughs> you have time during the day to watch watch it. But at the same time, too, sitting through it, I didn't feel like this movie was dragging on. No, yeah. not at all. So. Very Not good. like John Wick 4, even though it was good. It was just like, wait, <laughs> yeah. we're still going? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week mm-hmm. with more Star-Lord. Oh, I mean, um, more of our show. <laughs> Star-Lord? What? <laughs> I was just surprising them. Why? Like, we got surprised in four. <laughs> Why? <or> three. <laughs> um, you can find me on um, Solving for X this week, talking about One Man's Worth, a two-parter with Big implications for the marvel universe in the 90s and you can find me on words of the witches where we are continuing our read of chapter chapter of season 10 of the charm comics yeah and you can also find us uh sean myself and rachel on um once upon a cult um for the next couple weeks uh we have a new episode as um, today, um, as this one comes out, about something called One Taste. We can't really go into detail of what it is on this podcast. <laughs> it's all naughty. It's all bad. <laughs> but, yeah, we talk about that. And then, yeah, we have one more reunion finale episode um, after that um, in a couple of weeks. So, And then that'll be it. Cool. And you yeah. can find Rachel on a real bodice ripper. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week with more news. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.